Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, as always, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping three midweek NWSL matches, Gotham FC versus Washington Spirit, North Carolina Courage versus Racing Louisville FC, Portland Thorns versus Houston Dash. NWSL returns to play after calling off matches last weekend following reports detailing sexual misconduct from former North Carolina coach Paul Riley. It's been quite the emotional week in the least, the say for sure. And we're going to get into all of that and more. Lisa, how are you doing tonight? I'm okay. Emotional is uh, putting it lightly. It's been heavy. It's been really, really heavy. Um, and I think playing these matches was good for the players and for the league um, and, and good to be able to give a voice to the players and allow them a little bit of, of demonstration um, and a platform on, on the pitch in their kits to, to be able to say or show what they feel a little bit. It's a, I know that we took a second to to talk about things before we actually hopped on here because we're actually going live with this episode after all the games and with some folks sort of joining us now. And we just wanted to take a second to, to clear our own heads and hearts a little bit before we actually took a deep dive um, into this. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. A quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video interview or whenever we do go live. And plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights over on our YouTube channel. So head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third and subscribe. I'm ready to get into it. I thought today was... Pretty great. I'm here in my Chicago Sky shirt. Uh, I'm feeling like some very healing powers coming. Did into the play. Sky play? Did the Sky win? Oh, Lisa, you're breaking my heart. They're going to the WNBA Finals, my girl. Woo! They came. They came through. I know you were pulling for me. <laughs> I won. And by extension, the Sky, but mostly for me. <laughs> you're right. Mostly for you. Well, I'm happy for you. Happy for Chicago Sky. And uh, watching all of this sort of unfold while there's so many there was so much great like women's pro uh league action happening tonight whether it was on the WNBA side and for us on the NWSL side uh we were a little unsure as to what maybe we would have uh seen play out we're talking about a league that has that put a pause on some games um last week and sort of coming off of some very very tough stuff um how 
players were going to look in these matches returning to action, um, whether or not we were going to see some type of demonstrations. Uh, we have been uh, trying to keep up with all the news and keeping all of our listeners updated as well and sort of paying attention really to what the current NWSL Players Association has been sort of putting forth. And uh, they kind of put everything on notice there, whether it was the league or the fans themselves just sort of saying, hey, there's going to be some more demands forthcoming watch his space, check it out. Um, so when it came to the midweek action, we were a little, it was a little bit unpre- unpredictable what we, what we might've seen. Uh, I know when we did our preview, Lisa, we also did do picks and we'll just break the news now that we got every single one of these wrong. So kudos to us. <laughs> I am excited to talk. Hey, but we got some it. good soccer, Sandra. We got some you good soccer. What? I'm okay. We've discussed this. I'm okay if I lose my picks, <laughs> if we get good games. It's the trade-off that I'm always here for. I'm super 100% here for being wrong. If the games go off and off, they did. Let's start with this first one, Lisa. I'm really Excited to get some feedback from you. It's New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus Washington Spirit. A little twist in this one. Not really a home home match or a home team in this one, but kind of, sort of, in Gotham. This game was, was uh, relocated to Subaru Park in Philadelphia. It was uh, billed as a bit of a, a home farewell match for Carly Lloyd, sort of honoring her as she continues to make her, her exit uh you know, post-professional playing career. And so there was a lot of excitement in this one in terms of the uh, the other emotions involved, sort of seeing the end of uh, uh, the ending of a career for for a legend like like Carly Lloyd. But the match played out to a scoreless draw, Lisa. So I know you got a really good eyes view of this mm-hmm. of this match. Why don't you hit me with some of your takeaways in this one? Well, to start, this was a bit of a homecoming for for Carly Lloyd. She's from Delran, New Jersey, which is just outside of Philadelphia. Um, so it, I, I'm going to say that it felt like a home match for Gotham because they were selling Gotham shirts in the stadium, mostly Carly Lloyd, but a few like uh, natural just game day shirts. Um, a lot of fans wearing Gotham clothing. Um, I, so no, not necessarily location-wise, a home match for either team, but it felt like a Gotham home match. Every time Carly Lloyd touched the ball, the whole stadium just erupted of young girls screaming. Heck, I was screaming, like, score a goal, Carly. Like, living out my dream as a young child and watching her play soccer, what, 16 years professionally, and now having this big homecoming moment for her as she winds down her career on this final farewell tour for her. Um, even pulling up to the stadium in, in my car and, and watching the fans flood into the stadium, there was a lot of people there. It was it was great. Uh, Philadelphia likes soccer and they like women's soccer. Uh, we should get a team here. Um, but it, it was a good game. It was really fun to have such an electric stadium uh, for Carly Lloyd. It was really everything was centered around Carly Lloyd. There was like banners around the stadium like we love you, Carly, like welcome home, Carly. Thank you, Carly. Just really so much love and appreciation for her. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, you could sort of maybe give the the impression of sort of having, again, having having been there and taking all this, and um, we're sort of, I guess, what people consider in the know, right? And so we we have been paying attention to the things that have been happening and affecting the league and its players very very closely over the last week. 
So when it came time during this game to kick off, there was a kickoff that happened. There was about five minutes of playing some soccer. And then as a six minute approach, there was a demonstration that took mm-hmm. place. Can you sort of give me some of the reaction around that, like live in the moment yeah. versus maybe how people were reacting online? Yeah. So uh, one thing that for sure you said, we are a bit in the know. I knew something was happening. I think everyone did heading into these midweek matches, but we didn't know what. We weren't sure if it would be pregame t-shirts or uh, uh, before the first whistle or at halftime. Or We really had no idea heading into this. I had no idea heading into this. Um, and five minutes into a match, you're kind of settled in. You're like, okay, what's happening? Where are the players playing? I'm like pointing at things in the stadium. I'm like soaking it all in. And the ball went out for a throw in and the whistle blew. And that was a little odd. And then all of a sudden the bench cleared. That's the first thing I noticed. I was sitting across from the benches and I noticed that the benches were clearing. And I was like, that doesn't happen five minutes into a game. And then all of the players were walking towards the center circle. And as soon as I saw that, it was maybe like 10 seconds later, I was like, this is, this is it. This is the moment. Something's about to happen. And I, I I said that to my friend I went to the game with, I was like, something's happening right now. Um, And at that point it was silent in the stadium. There was, there was moments of quiet and confusion and murmurs. You could hear it. And as soon as the players linked arms with each other, applause, applause spread out throughout the stadium for maybe like a solid 20 seconds, like a normal amount of applause. And then it quieted down and the stadium and the fans realized that these players are not just walking away anymore. They're, they're still here. The applause and the screams got louder. People started to stand up. It was like, yeah, we are here with you. Fans were shaking their posters. We support you. Uh, we listen to the players support the players. Um, chills sandra chills from my head to my toes um it was was, a very very powerful movement i was a little curious as to maybe how that would have felt uh witnessing that live and in person versus sort of reacting to this um like so many people were reacting to it you know via a a stream or going online to to find a clip and, and react to it there but it sort of just seems that no matter where you were witnessing it or how you were uh, witnessing the moment that it sort of just echoed that what you were just mm-hmm. talking about that it was just a very very specific moment in time that we were all sort of bearing witness to and um, the game in terms of what it means for these two teams on the soccer side of things um, sort of immediately kind of maybe fell to the wayside, but it didn't look like that necessarily in some of the play on the pitch. Uh, These are two teams. We've been talking about it all year for many teams, actually, but this is the playoff push for so many of these teams right now as the regular season continues to wind down. And despite some efforts, there ended up in a zero zero draw uh, in this match and no goals for, for either side and doesn't didn't really allow any type of major frog leaping uh, for either team in these current table of standings. They, they split the points and for a team like Gotham, they have sort of been nestled on that outside looking in for a few weeks now. And for a team like the spirit who have been undergoing a lot of things in terms of off the field headlines themselves have sort of been clinging on 
to that final playoff spot in the moment. But this draw as well didn't really do them uh, any favors in the playoff no. push either. Uh, so zero zero draw in this one uh, for for both sides, Lisa. Let's take a look at this uh, second match um, and sort of kind of see where the night ends up taking us as this match kicked off about 30 minutes after the Gotham and Spirit game had taken place. So at this point, uh, the first demonstration is done in the first match of the triple headers on Wednesday night. And at that point, there is also additional statements and messaging that come out adjacent to the demonstrations via the NWSL Players Association's social media channels, uh, the statement as to why they made the decision to go ahead and stand in solidarity in the center circle for uh, one full minute during the sixth minute and then further uh, detailed their demands that they're looking for. And that it was a, I believe it was an eight, a number eight listed uh, types of demands, a lot of things within them. Some of the uh, particular ones that stood out was that they would really like to have a say in the next uh, incoming commissioner moving forward. Uh, obviously the ongoing investigations to continue and um, to really make sure that uh, any people who may have been involved during things uh, sort of be put on, on suspicions while the investigations uh, are going on. So, so all of this has come to light during this first match. And here we are a half hour later kicking off for North Carolina courage. Uh, the last, uh, last time we had heard about this team in the news was about uh, their former uh, head coach and Paul Riley, they had placed uh, an interim head coach because based on the allegations that were reported, he was terminated effective immediately. So this was going to be the first game for this team coming back in light of everything with their interim head coach, Sarnahas. So there was maybe some question marks of what this team was going to look like, how they were going to play, how they were going to feel. Would all of this stuff, you know, be affecting them? And on the other side for racing Louisville FC as well, because this is a team that sort of found themselves in a similar situation as well. Maybe not as many headlines, but they definitely had to go through a bit of a coaching shift themselves, having lost their former head coach, Christy Holly, who was also terminated for cause with not a lot of details surrounding that either. Um, so two teams kind of coming and meeting together on this pitch in a very, very highly emotional night. And we saw the same thing occur, Lisa. We ended up seeing the same demonstration take place uh, in this in the sixth minute uh, for, for both of these teams. Um, but in terms of the soccer on the pitch that happened, this was this was all this was absolutely all North Carolina courage. I mean, you're talking about once exiting that demonstration, they absolutely sort of cool. They looked like North Carolina again. We're talking about a 3-1 win for the Courage with goals from Lynn Williams, Amy Rodriguez, and Dabinia. And for Lynn Williams, that was her first goal for this North Carolina Courage side since August. So it just sort of feels like it just sort of felt like uh, the Courage that uh, has been missing for quite some time in this it, match. It, it really did look like that. And and you mentioned Lynn Williams, a player who hasn't scored since August and Amy Rodriguez, a player that was traded from Kansas city to the courage and um, hadn't really shown all her colors uh, since she had been playing with the courage. Um, and even Dabinia after the Olympics was in a little bit of a, 
I don't want to say a rut, but just didn't look like themselves. Um, on, North Carolina hasn't looked like themselves. After this week of the news, I'm not surprised they haven't looked like themselves. Um, and maybe the uncovering and, and the breaking of this news and this story really uh, bringing awareness to the situation that was their former coach uh, just a week ago. He was their coach. There was a lot of life back in this team and a lot of joy back on their faces when they were playing this game because they were playing for them and for their teammates and for the players in the different color kits across the white line from them and the players all over this league and all of the young women that are going to join this league and young soccer players. And you could see that. You could really see that from this North Carolina team. Um, Speaking a little bit more soccer analytically, they were really fun to watch. They were really fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, if we're zeroing in on this team specifically, the, 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 the the winning side, I mean, we're talking about 24 total shots. We're talking about eight of them on goal, you know, winning the corner battle nine to three, just really winning a lot of these offensive stats compared to racing credit to racing. They made things interesting there in the Mm -hmm. first half after North Carolina went up, two goals kind of back to back those opening goals within five minutes of each other, Lynn Williams in the 14th million, uh, minute. And then Jessica McDonald linking up with Amy Rodriguez just five minutes later in the 19th minute. And then to see Savannah McCaskill sort of keep things interesting, you know, a player that I know that we have been looking to continue making an impact for racing someone who we haven't necessarily maybe seen and uh, drop off a little bit, you know, as the season has sort of extended itself on into this final stretch, but reminding people who she is and what she can provide for this racing side. So sort of going into things there, but the game was wrapped up once again in the first half. You had the Binya with another goal for the courage. And Sandra, these goals were, uh, the first one was a a really hard shot by Amy Rodriguez and and Katie Lund getting, getting the start and goal for Louisville. So shout out Katie Lund, Um, but bobbled it a little bit. And then Lynn Williams able to finish up on that one. So just like right place, right time for Williams. But the second goal by Amy Rodriguez, this through ball from Jess McDonald, she receives it deep in the middle of the field gets Uh, just awareness to know where her teammate is awareness to know where the opponents are, where the holes are and split the defenders. This goal by Amy Rodriguez is something we have not seen from her in a really long time. Her first touch is directly towards goal. She looked really, really, really quick, which we haven't seen that pep in her step and that energetic first start from Rodriguez in a little bit. She looked great, incredible goal. Um, and then Dabinia's goal uh, off the thigh. She takes the the cross from uh, Jess McDonald, she, who just redirects the ball back across the net. Great job by her. And, and Dabinia takes the ball off her thigh and, and a very, very pretty volley. The, the goals in this one, especially Savannah McCaskill's goal, were really pretty. They were good soccer. They were good goals. Savannah McCaskill, um, uh, Louisville had picked up, picked off a pass from North Carolina near their attacking end of the field. And McCaskill just gets space. She dribbles, she attacks it. She gets her head up and pops it into the net. It was, it was a really nice goal. And we haven't seen that from McCaskill in, in a while. Uh, her second goal of the season, I believe. And and she needs more of that. We need more of that from McCaskill. But this game, yeah, you're right. Finished up at the half, 3-1 at the half. And, and that's how it ended throughout the second 45. 
Uh, we're going to move on to this uh, next and, and final one of the triple header here was Portland Thorns FC versus Houston Dash. Houston walking away with the win in this one, 3-2. Um, developments really happening all night leading up into all of the matches respectively, along with the demonstrations that were taking place throughout the evening's matches. Um, a separate statement was made specifically by Portland Thorns players, they issued their own statements uh, in regards to their club and the role that the club has played um, in the recent allegations stemming from 2015 um, and speaking out in support of Sinead Fairley and, and Mana Shim and their experiences that they went through in the 2015 season uh, under Paul Riley while with the Portland Thorns. And it was a very powerful statement ahead of their kickoff, uh, one that consisted of uh, support, but also listed some some demands. They asked that the investigations continue to proceed immediately and that the GM, Gavin Wils Wilkinson, be placed on administrative leave until the process actually concludes. And they asked that there be an increase in diversity of voices within the club's board of executives and the third and final point was that they, the players of the club, gain seats at the table in order to increase transparency, accountability, and cooperation between the players and the front office. And um, in a very, very rapid response, uh, Portland Thorns issued a club statement of their own stating that effective immediately Portland Thorns placed general manager and president of soccer Gavin Wilkinson on administrative leave from the Thorns pending the results of the outside independent investigation. Um, it was a very quick response, uh, but one that has still been met with some displeasure and a little bit of discourse uh, in that Gavin Wilkinson was specifically uh, put on the administrative leave from Thorne's duties, uh, but is also known as the MLSI Portland Timbers GM as well. So there's a little bit of discourse around that at the moment. Um, so leading up into this match, a lot of emotion. Demonstrations really uh, coming out of Portland specifically over the last week leading up to these games. In light of last week's uh, postponement, of matches, the official supporters group, the Rose City Riveters, along with additional Portland Thorns supporters, uh, decided to go uh, and enact some uh, demonstrations of their own. And so, outside of Providence Park, sort of gathering and, um, you know, showing solidarity and support for players, uh, the survivors of the trauma that they went through uh, over the last, you know, six years ago. And having all kinds of things, really the environment of the match taking place just outside of the uh, the offices there of the stadium. So there has been ongoing demonstrations in Portland. So to sort of see uh, the players kind of uh, echo that and still kind of have a statement of their own alongside the Players Association statement, I thought was, was very compelling and... Um, very, very, very brave. I'm sure it didn't go without a lot of thought process behind it. But in the same fashion as the two prior matches, this game being the later of the three games, within the six-minute mark, the same demonstration coming together at the middle circle of the pitch, linking arms, standing together in silence for a full minute. So all three matches were able to express the same 
example of solidarity. And then the Portland Thorns also going a step further, uh, trying to also continue to hold their own club uh, directly accountable for uh, their role in the allegations as well. So high, high emotions uh, going into this one. And in terms of the soccer, you got to say, like what we saw tonight in the match against Portland and Houston, it kind of reflected that a lot. There was a lot of energy going on in this pitch, Lisa, a lot happening in between the lines right in the first half, 2-1 in terms of the scoreline. And you just sort of felt like that there was going to be more coming in this game, and there was. How could there not be more after such an electric first 45 minutes that uh, these teams have had and and Portland's been on a hot streak all season they they really have been and um a little bit of ups and downs surrounding the Olympics but Houston they've they've had some skids I'm going to say um they lost a lot of players during the Olympics and it showed and then even getting all of those players back it was a little tricky for them to find a rhythm but this Houston Dash team that we saw tonight against Portland is that's what I want to see every time Houston steps onto the pitch. And I know that's a lot. And that's asking a lot when all players are firing on all cylinders and really just clicking with each other. But um, it really, really incredible, incredible match. And Rachel Daly notching a few for herself in this one. Um, and Houston was the better team in the first 45 minutes. I think they played a little bit more aggressive. They were a little more gritty and Portland got put on their heels a little bit until um, they got the goal by Sinclair to, to give them a little bit more life. And halftime talks are great because you can reset, you can assess what your opponents are doing and man, whatever Portland talked about in their locker room at halftime, it worked because they came out in the second half and, it was just so back and forth in the first half. And in the second half for the first five, 10 minutes, it was all Portland. They almost notched two more goals in the first five minutes. Christine Sinclair was like, she got in her brain. I'm going to score another goal. And that's exactly how she played. It was like every time she got the ball, it was like, I'm going to find the back of the net. And she was this close every time. Yeah. Jane Campbell made some really great saves. I think the back line for Houston stepped up a lot throughout this game, put their bodies on the line to prevent the ball from hitting the back of the net. And, and Sandra, the goal from Sophia Smith early in the second half is right before the, the hour mark, around the 57th minute, this was great. Portland had constant pressure on Houston. They were being creative in the box. Lindsey Horan was doing a fantastic job in the midfield. They just had urgency. And Lindsey Horan ended with a few assists on the night. But this goal from Sophia Smith, her, her pure joy on her face after she scored it, after she could have fallen. She gets knocked off the ball right inside the 18. She almost stumbled and took a fall. Instead, she catches herself, finds the back of the net, and then she hits the ground just sitting there smiling with, with joy, um, soon to be squashed by Rachel Daly after that one. But I really loved that <laughs> It was goal. a nice moment, though. <laughs> it was. It really was. I don't know. For me, it was definitely like a, it was absolutely a match of momentum. Mm -hmm. and, then, and it was swinging every which way. It absolutely felt uh, like a boxing match almost one one team you know delivering a blow and then another one coming back with another uh, I mean even before that opening goal the, the penalty kick conversion from yeah. from Rachel Daly sort of hearing the crowd get into that and sort of booing the officiating <laughs> on that was it a handball was it not a handball on Becky Sauber and, um, you know prior to that sort of 
feeling like the Thorns kind of had that momentum to start the game. And then that kind of being squashed by a penalty conversion from Rachel Daly. And then only enhanced, again, five of like these goals coming into session five minutes later. Haley Hansen and Chrissy Mewis linking up for this, this go-ahead goal uh, in the 23rd minute. So it really was a game of, of momentum. And, and Portland has been this team. We, we've been watching them all year where they have had the momentum. They have attacked teams in waves of pressure. But for whatever reason, sometimes they can attack and attack and attack, and they've walked away with maybe one goal to show mm-hmm. for it, right? These these missed opportunities that they have found themselves in in the final third, I think that sort of echoed again in this match for them, despite it being a heftier scoreline compared to the other matches in the league tonight. Um, but good response from them. And, of course, led by Christine Sinclair. She had the assassin's glare in her eye for sure uh, this night. And then great to see the joy on a young player like Sophia Smith, someone who is really the future uh, of this league, you know, a player who's going to be playing uh, here for, for a long time. Uh, but also uh, what a performance from Rachel Daly, honestly. Oh, yeah. uh, this is We're talking about uh, a lot of high emotional things that have been taking place. And, and Rachel Daly you know, having to go through the recent loss and passing of her father and then coming back and rejoining this squad and having this type of performance uh, for herself, walking away with a brace on this night, an actual game winner, a header, something that we don't typically see from from Rachel Daly, just getting involved and being very rough and tumble in this kind of match. Sandra, that is what she did in college. Oh, let me gosh. tell you, she scored way too many St. John header St. John's goals against best. me and my goals. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of header goals, but you're right. We don't typically see that from her. And it was not a, an NWSL anyway. It was a beauty. She got a lot of power on it. And she could have had a hat trick. She had, a, Christy she had one Mewis, on the post. Christy Mewis had a really good game. Her set pieces and her corner kicks are just placed so perfectly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Houston walked away with this win. They needed this. They needed this in the standings for sure. Absolutely. The table is is crowded uh, before we exit out in this episode. Let's fill you all in on where things stand. Portland Thorns have dropped two in a row now in their regular season. I think that might be the first time they've dropped two consecutive matches. Feel free to stat check me uh, by all means. But they're still in first place with 38 points. And number two right behind them is O.L. Rain with 35 points. In third place is North Carolina Courage with 32 points. Houston Dash leapfrogging all the way up to number four with 29 points. Chicago Red Stars in fifth place, also with 29 points. Orlando Pride now in sixth place with 28 points. Out the outside, looking into playoff position, sitting in seventh place is the Washington Spirit with 27 points. New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC in eighth place with 28 points. In ninth place is Racing Louisville FC with 17 points. And in 10th place is Kansas City NWSL with 11 points. We're going to need another week to figure out how this table continues to look. Games that were postponed last week have been rescheduled. They will be taking place in another midweek fashion. Games starting on October the 13th and I believe there is a final game that will be taking place in late October for Gotham and Orlando. I want to thank everybody as always for joining us and listening to us. Another reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at attacking third or on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast with a question, Lisa and I will answer during one of our mailbag segments. And trust me, 
I'm sure you all have lots of questions. You definitely like to let us know everywhere else except on Apple Podcasts. And that's where you should actually leave the question because that's, that's where, where we check. <laughs> that's where we check for the questions. Five star review plus a question means you'll be a part of the mailbag segment. We're also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. Thank you once again, everyone, for joining us. We will be back Friday with a weekend preview of NWSL matches for Sancho Rita and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.